We are looking at the moral shift of somebody purchased by God. Next on Truth For Today. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. We're continuing our series called God's Design for Life, and indeed, he has a design for you and I, and it's laid out here in Scripture, specifically Ephesians chapter 4, which is where we find ourselves today, continuing a message we began last time we were together called The Ethics of the New Life. Our ethics, the way we live, our moral compass changes. For more, here's Pastor Phil. He says, beware of liars and deceivers in 1 John 4 who are antichrists, who come in the spirit of error, and they will confuse you. They'll teach another Christ. They'll teach ethics don't matter, and they're perverted. And he says, beware. He tells Timothy, you've been put in trust with the truth. Guard the truth. He said in 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, you have been put in trust with the gospel. I'm trusting you to keep it. You hear Paul said, guard the inheritance. Jude says, I contend for the faith. I'm keeping the faith. I guard it as something precious. You want to go to Enron for the truth? Pitifully, do you want to go to the Catholic church with your son? How devastating when religion is known for its lies. I was introduced to sex by my priest. I read this. this, Is this a secret or is this public? Read Newsweek. That bringing the men into the priesthood, the common article says, we know so many are homosexual when we take them in. We just say, don't practice it, but we'll ordain you. I just read an article, Mortified in Vancouver, Christianity Today, the latest article. George Barn is on the cover. And the Anglican Church in Canada just said, we approve same-sex marriages. It's all right for priests to marry homosexuals. It's all right for them to perform these kind of ceremonies. And uh, they say here, a catchphrase right here, says, debates on sex are shorthand for broader debates on central Christian doctrines. Other words, we're down here debating homosexuality, is it right or wrong, and all these sexual issues. Ah, says, where we land here will tell you where we have compromised back here. And the article gives four other areas. Listen. Consider how the sexuality debate manifests itself on four crucial doctrinal matters. Number one, the creation account, Genesis. The classical Christians, I would put the born-again Bible-believing Christians. The created order as described in Genesis tells us of God's purposes for marriage and sexuality. Revisionists. Because so many educated people consider Genesis a mere creation myth, it is irrelevant to the sexuality debate. These are clergymen. Who is God to say Genesis 3 
We don't even know if he wrote it. We doubt it, especially if we want to marry whoever we want to marry. Two, the fall, the fall of mankind. Classical Christians. Human beings, while made in God's image, are fallen creatures, and sin affects all of creation. Despite our sinfulness, Christians are called to grow in holiness. Revisionists, those who deny what Scripture teaches. But in the church, in the clergy, human beings are inherently good. Though sometimes misguided by prejudices or phobias, God calls us to self-acceptance more than to behavior codes. Just like yourself. Who do you love? Me. What determines what you do? Me. What rules do you follow? Me. I love me. I just killed my mother, but I love me. The rules don't matter. I've not been called to behavior. I've been called to discover me. I hear nothing here about discovering God, coming to Jesus Christ, saying I need a savior. I am a sinner. It's apostate, debased religious voices. Third, redemption. Now, you know, if you're sloppy on sin, you don't need a savior. You need a, a social worker. Classical Christians. Jesus reconciled sinners to God by his death on the cross. Through his cross, we've claimed God's forgiveness of our sins. The revisionists. Jesus died on the cross because he was a threat to the Pharisees, the fundamentalists of their day. His example of God's all-inclusive love calls us to be our best selves. So he died on the cross, not to save, but to be an example that I should discover myself. This is apostasy, and I could literally throw up. Fourthly, the authority of Scripture, classical Christians. Scripture is the final authority for Christians' moral and theological decisions. Revisionists. When Scripture conflicts with human experience, Christians must interpret Scripture through that experience. So if I want to do something, we must go back to the passage and make it accommodate what I've chosen to do. Instead of saying, the Scripture says what I'm doing is wrong, I must submit to it and change my behavior no, no, my behavior is the God. We manipulate the scriptures to endorse it or we throw it away. This is the apostasy we're dealing with today. Christianity today, they lost the case in Vancouver. The, the conservatives walked out. They would have to. This group, in my unprejudiced opinion, don't know God but they're still wearing clergy collars. From the cowardice that shrinks from new truths, from the laziness that is content with half-truths, and from the arrogance that thinks it knows all truth, O oh God of truth, deliver us. Truth. There's two things a witness and a trustee have to be known for. They've got to be known as being reliable when they say something. We call you as a witness in the court. The defense attorney could say, um, 
We know that the witness is a known liar. He doesn't pay his bills. He's this, he's that. If he witnesses on behalf of my client, it'll hold no water in court because he has no credibility. And now listen, church, you are his witnesses. I know that the telegram can be true, though the messenger boy is a liar. I know the Western Union delivery boy could be a liar, but what Grandma Jones sent to me in the telegram can be true. But God wants the messengers to be as truthful as the message because people will say if the messenger is not credible, the message must not be credible. So you are my witnesses. Messengers and message must harmonize. Trustees, if I trust you with putting my money in your bank, you must tell me the truth. You must not lie to the American people like corporate America has been ripping us off. And that's when we come to church. The witnesses must be credible. The trustees must be reliable because we've been entrusted with truth. Let me say this to you before we close and take a little test. There's two approaches to ministry for pastors. I get it from Eugene Peterson, gave me this model. One is this. One is the pastor is a craftsman. Now follow this. You come to the craftsman and you say, um, I want you to make me a desk. I want it to be so long, so high. I want this color. I want this feature, on and on. Or you do it with a contractor building yourself a home. I want it to be this way. And so finally you come out and you judge the craftsman by whether they met all of your specs all of your blueprints, all of your requests, they're basically on trial on whether they meet your expectations and build you a product that you have contracted for. And if you don't get the product, you can say, I'm not paying the bill or you're out of here because you've got to meet the standard I told you about. And this is the way many pastors are done. The board tells them we got to run so many, we got to be this kind of church, and you better make it happen. As though they could make it happen. And preachers are running frantically out of the ministry as fast as they can and say only insane men will adopt such a vocation. Then there is what you call the professional model. Let's make it a medical doctor. I go into the doctor and I tell him, uh, hey, my foot hurts real bad. Well, let's look at it. I want you to fix it, doctor. Get to fixing it. While he's looking up, he says, I am the doctor. You are the patient. Don't tell me how to do medicine. Do you want to be well? Well, I think you need a shot. Oh, I don't want a shot. No, you need cortisone, right? I'm going to put it eight inches right up that bone of yours because of your attitude. No, 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 I want to get well. I, I studied how to get you well. Or you come in and say, you've got to have surgery next week. Cancer is in the left lung. No, 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 I've got a trip planned. You're messing with my vacation schedule. You, you'll have to flex your schedule, doc, with me. I'll meet you down in Florida. 
You won't be alive in a month. But you mean you want to cut? So knock me out for eight hours and I won't even know if you're doing the right kind of job? Sir, I'm in the business of not getting along with you. I'm in the business of getting you well. I'm not in a personality contest. I didn't study bladders for eight years in medical school to be in an argument with an imbecile patient that doesn't know the first thing about a bladder infection. If you are in charge of me, this relationship's over. You don't tell me how to do medicine. And today, we don't need popular pulpits. We need truthful pulpits. You need truth. We don't need preachers voted on every year. We need people voted on whether they obey the word. We've got to see if truth is the basis of our fellowship or personality cults. People who get their way usually are on a path of self-destruction. You've got to come under the word of God and those who are guardians of truth and who show you the word of God. If you do that, God will work mightily. God is not in covenant with any of us people. He's in covenant with those who want the truth. He's faithful to us even when we lie because he cannot deny his covenants and his word. But we must know, we must come to God and we must come to church and we must revere his revelation, his truth. Lord, I will change. You don't have to change. That was the hardest thing on me as I was learning the Bible as a young man is when the Bible began to say so many things I had never heard or never believed as a young man. And I had prejudiced thoughts and I, I thought this was that and that. And then one day I got this dilemma. The Bible was saying just the opposite of what I believe, just the opposite of what I'd been told. And I had this crisis of faith. Will experience determine what you believe or thus saith the Lord? Quit rewriting the verses, Howard. When will you submit to it? It said, you're right. Let every man be a liar. God's true. I'll change. I won't try to get you to change. That's when I began the greatest discovery of my life and became addicted forever preaching the Bible. I can't wait to preach every week because I don't know what it's going to say and what I'm going to have to change before next week because this is the change agent, not me. God's working on the preacher just like the people. Let's take a test. Application to our lives. What are three sources of lying that we believers have to contend with? And I hope you can remember them. What are the three? Okay, good. I don't know what you said. I hope your heart, the world, and Satan. Some of the greatest lies Satan brings to Christians are lies about, about God, his character, his motives, his will. Now, a little test here. I want to change the first one, whether it's true or false. I want to put a fetus is not human life. Let's just state it that way, okay? Just for the test. A fetus is not human life worthy of protection. Let's just state it that way. So, would you, uh, uh, let's do a true or false. Uh, true or false, a fetus is not human life worthy of protection. 
A woman's freedom of choice overrides an unborn child's safety or life. Most of the country would say, true. Do whatever you feel. You only go around once. Sin is fun. Consequences are white right-wing threats. It's us fundies over here threatening you'll have consequences, but we're warped anyway. Homosexuality is acceptable. That's in the Bible, I'm thinking. Human life is no better than animal life. Divorce will make things better. Divorce will not hurt young children. They'll get over it. Your human potential is to be in charge, even to be a God. Charge it. Do not worry about paying for it. <laughs> and all the church said, mm-hmm. Parents and adults owe me a living. Yeah, they do. They're just not paying. <laughs> all religions lead to heaven. People are born inherently good. None will be lost. What you make in money is what you're worth. Bad behavior is sickness, not sin. You don't get that. So much today, if you've got any bad behavior, whether it's alcohol, we call everything sickness. Jesus didn't die for sickness that way. He died for sin. That's why the blame movement is so big. Let's blame somebody. Until you start calling your sin, sin and not sickness, you'll keep blaming and justify having it. It's sin. We'll be looking at that in our counseling section of our uh, Timothy and the Wowettes. Let's see here. Uh, uh, just a little, okay. Uh, another person is all I need to be fulfilled in life. Are you a child of the lie or of the truth? Do you walk in truth? I read one verse to you in closing. For Revelation 21. Revelation 21. Coming to Christ ends the pattern, certain patterns in our life. And he says in that final day, but the cowardly, Another way of denying truth, refuse to speak up. The unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Uh, if you are a perpetual liar, and that's only you know that. It's an indication you've got the bondage of sin that only Christ can deliver you from. Don't feel bad. We've all been there. And we, on incidents, no doubt all lie. But he says, because we're members of one another, we ought to be telling each other the truth. Now, all truth-telling isn't pleasant. Because sometimes it has to say something that is negative in order to gain a positive goal. How do you tell someone with bad breath they need to take a mint? That's real hard. 
I don't want to do it. You do it. But what am I supposed to do? If my brother or my dad comes to church having just eaten an onion, and I tell him, I said, David, you're just like dad. Would you please take some sin sin? I can't stand it. He does it to torture. And I said, get over it. Your breath would knock over a moose at a thousand feet. <laughs> See, sometimes you have to tell the truth. You don't have to say it in front of a thousand people, but you know, you have to say the truth. And some of you think we're brutal because we tell the truth because you got used to living with lies. Because the church is where you're supposed to. Sometimes you hear things said you've been wanting to say and you keep under your breath. You're saying, I see him. Say it again. He's not getting it. And he's thinking the same thing. He can't wait till I tell you your role. And you ought to be telling each other. In love. I was in an irritable mood the other day, and the worst thing about it was Jim Snyder was with me. He should have been gone. It was none of his business. Because <laughs> I was ticked. And he started telling me how to treat my wife. And I would say, shut up. He is imperceptible when I tell him to shut up. <laughs> like that Scottish pastor, they said he was invisible all week and imperceptible on Sunday. He, uh, he said, boy, you owe your wife an apology. Before it was over, I did. But I wanted to choke him and her. <laughs> it's none of his business. But when he's in the car and I nearly choked her to death, he thought I'd make it his business. Guess what? We owe the truth to one another. We don't have to be liked. We just have to be truthful in as loving a way as we can do it. Would you like to know the way, the truth, and the life? Some of you are living a lie. You're faking it like you're happy, but you're not. You're, uh, you're, even your religious life is a sham. You're here maybe to please her, to please him, but you've never come to know him who is eternal life. And you want to put away all these things you've had to do for self-worth and acceptance and dress a certain way, look a certain way. Why don't you come to him in the rags of your sin and say, clothe me anew in Christ. I want to be authentic. I no longer want to play charades. I want to really know you, God. I want to become real. I'm tired of playing games. I need a savior. I need eternal life. And you believers that if you're being deceived and lied to, don't cave in, dear child of God. Cling to the word of God. Cling to the people of God. Show up and hang out with truth bearers. We're going to overcome the lie eventually. And truth shall reign over the earth as the oceans of the water cover all the earth. Truth shall someday reign over all the earth. And Christ victorious will reign over the nations. The truth is going to win. You can bury it, but only for three days. It comes back never to die again. The truth can never be done away with. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Thank you for joining us today. It's our prayer that our time together here on Truth For Today encourages you in your walk and relationship with Christ. As we close out our broadcast, we would also like to invite you to contact us if you have a 
question about the broadcast, a prayer request. Maybe you'd like to order a copy of today's broadcast. We do have them available. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest. You can reach us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. You are also welcome to write to us. Our address is 1511M Sycamore Avenue. We're here at Suite 278, Hercules, California. Zip code is 94547. Now, another way to contact us and learn more about us would be to visit our website, valleybible.org. It's there that we have all kinds of information about who we are, what we believe, directions to the church, service times. And we also have a lot of resource material stored there as well. Simply go to valleybible.org and spend some time exploring our website, finding out about us a bit more. If you would like to become a TFT sustainer, we would love to hear from you. This broadcast is aired daily here on KFAX as we are able to partner with you, our listeners, financially. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil. Our weekly video devotional is available to you as well. And again, it's all as a TFT sustainer. When you contact us with your gift of any amount, we'll sign you up. 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, and the zip code is 94547. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.